Welcome to the Port Charles Update with your hosts, Mish and Mel. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I don't I, I know I seem unsure, but I think I know the answer. I'm okay. Did you write that down in your notes? Good. <laughs> That's what I felt the day I wrote it down. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So this week again, another week that was like crazy amazing. But one thing that I thought about all week was okay that I wanted to ask you was, okay how disappointed were you that Jason woke up with all of his memories I wasn't disappointed <laughs> I was what? just like I was like yeah you're awake because I honestly really I would have felt like it was bizarre like I know I made that description last week where I was like <laughs> new brain injury new man but like <laughs> I just think because I felt like what I was predicting was sort of happening. So last week, I basically said that by the time Sam arranges everything and gets out of her parole stuff, it might be too late for her and Jason. I didn't even know what I meant by too late. In my, <laughs> because in my head, I figured they would just be going on different paths. And part of me felt like I still feel like there could be something with Jason and Carly. Like we saw with the whole foursome of Franco, Elizabeth, Ava, Nic- Nicholas. Nicholas, like, yes. Like, they were all in such a good place. And then we said, oh, it looks like there's going to be a switcheroo. It looks like there's going to be a rift. And over time, they've created a story where we can see that happening. Yes. And I just feel like there is room to create that story possibly for Carly and Jason. But I don't know. I just feel like it just looks like they're going on, on different paths. And I guess for me, and I like Sam, I have nothing against her, but just mm-hmm. story-wise, I just feel like, wouldn't it just be more interesting if he was still Jason and still not with her as opposed to like becoming a quartermain? Well, because that would mean she'd have to face the reality of the fact that they are just not meant to be together in the way that she had once hoped. Well, a lot's, a lot's happened. And like mm-hmm. now that we're talking about it, okay, so... Remember, like, her obsession... Well, how do you forget this? But her obsession with Brando. <laughs> yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, obviously, she's all like, I hate you. You're, like, bad all the time. And she was arguing with him in front of Sunny, and I just thought it was hilarious because the, the Molly slip in front of Sunny. Yes. Because I felt like Christina could have... I mean, sorry, I felt like Sam could have easily covered and said, oh, it was a comment he made about, like, Christina. Like, she did not need to throw Molly's name out there. But mm-hmm. again, I just feel like it's possible Cyrus threatened him with Molly. Yes. Um, because it's, like, the only thing he knows know. in poor Charles. Because if it was, like, his mom, I can't say he'd bend over backwards. <laughs> like... Whatevs. <laughs> so I'm just wondering you know like all of this like Brando animosity like they're obviously throwing them at each other there is some kind of chemistry even if it is hate for now but I just think like if Sam is insistent that Brando knows more maybe she would take things into her own hands and maybe at some point she would find out things he didn't necessarily want to disclose and they would work together in regards to Cyrus maybe Mm -hmm. Molly being another incentive for Sam Huh, that's an interesting twist because we did flirt with the idea of him being either, you know, with Cyrus or being undercover for like maybe the FBI or whatever else that's going on over there trying to take down Cyrus. And if Sam gets to see this other side to him that he's working towards something good, that's a major chemistry right there. So maybe Sam realizes that he's not a bad guy and just got caught up in something complicated because we know that he got out of jail. And we also know how Harmony got out of jail. 
So I'm not sure if maybe Cyrus is the reason Brando got out of jail when he did. That's a really good point. But also what you said about uh, him being in a difficult situation, but he's still good. She is currently in a difficult situation, but she was trying to do good by giving Valentine the proxy from her kids. So that's a very relatable point. I think so too. And so there's a comment about Sweetly Broken 5 that said, bad move on Sam's end. I think she's going to regret it. I mean, I think a little bit, like, like, yeah, especially how everything landed, because ultimately, like, she couldn't have known what Valentine had planned, but I think she also did know that he couldn't have had anything good planned either. And I think that maybe that's sort of why Jason is mad. Like, I mean, he, it's funny how he expresses being upset because it's very calm how he expressed right? to her, you know, Scary. when he found out, like, Valentina CEO and all that Cyrus stuff, and she just sort of sits there, and the thing is, it, it's bad, because it just, it just looks bad, like, we know that she was in a bad situation, and it was really unfair, like, I am so happy, good riddance, Dolores, like, she's so, how this woman justifies what she does to Sam is beyond me, like, it's beyond me, telling this woman that I'm keeping you away from the father of your child during a critical time for your family is because I love to follow the law. Well, then maybe you should have kept it in your pants and followed like all the rules when it comes to not cheating on your spouse. <laughs> so it's just like that woman, I am glad that she's gone. But, you know, I because you had said this already that for Sam, she was doing this so she could be with her family, basically. Mm-hmm. But it's just at, at the end of the day, I don't think that's how it's going to be seen, especially because of everything Valentine did. And also, with the, cause the thing is, I feel like Martin Gray had this right when he told Valentine, mm-hmm. he's like, Jason would do anything for Michael. Like, I don't think Sam would do this, but she did. And Martin was right. You know, she did some, something that was that would have a bad consequence for Michael and for the Quartermains. And clearly, you know, that's not cool with Jason. No, and and that's and you know you said that too. She, Jason doesn't have a stake in that company, but his he loves Michael. Like he wants him to be happy. So I think it's really interesting because you're right. What good did Valentine did Sam think Valentine would do? Regardless, you know he was basically blackmailing her. <laughs> so exactly. you cannot think that he's going to be like doing something charitable with this or doing something positive or blah 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 blah. But the more you talk about it, I keep picturing the scene of like. Jason talking to Sam and just like calmly trying to understand why she did what she did. And the way he talks to her is kind of like a kid. And the way he talks to Carly is more so as an equal. Yes, you're right. Because there is, you, you made a point last week of talking about the distinction between their relationships and how he does treat both of them. And he does love Sam, but you're right. Like he doesn't understand why she's making the choices she's making. And you can tell that he seems to feel like he really has to lay it out for her so she could see the bigger picture. Because at the end of the day, she was in a crappy situation, and I give her that. But Jason, I feel like he doesn't see it that way. He just sees somebody who's struggling to kind of make grown-up decisions. 100%. You worded it perfectly because I was really, for exactly that reason, I paid extra attention to the scenes and the differences and um, how those two women would interact with them and how he would interact with them and receive them and all of the rest. One thing I did not even catch and didn't realize is that he never wears a helmet, like for real. 
<laughs> yeah, I was just taken aback by that, but I think he will now. I thought that was a funny gift from Carly, and I thought it was Ooh. absolutely hilarious. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Remember, I was saying, hey, wouldn't it be like super funny if like Carly and Jason just gossiped a little bit, and the whole Molly situation came up? But the Sasha thing came up. Yes, and I love how she exited that room. <laughs> Because that amazing. was really, because that was really funny. Like their whole dynamic is super, super hilarious. But the thing is, it's just like I think about the conversation Sam had with Carly, and I remember when she had it. I said, while she said what she said, I just feel like she's not necessarily on the same level as Carly. Like Carly is ready to kind of like, what do you do? What do you put in your mouth? Like you, you put your money where your <laughs> mouth is. <laughs> What's that expression? Like you're ready Are to you, act uh... on the things that you say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah put your money where your mouth is that's it okay yeah. <laughs> I was like oh no where am I going with this I am going to crash and burn but I felt like Sam was saying things but also discovering things she was saying like it makes sense to her but she's not ready to kind of like act on the things that she was saying to Carly because I could see Sam <laughs> jumping into some adventure with Brando to get to the bottom of things Maybe to clear his name and maybe to find out who did what. Like, I could see her jumping into another adventure. The very thing she kind of told Carly that she can't do anymore. But that's exactly it. Like, when she's talking to Carly and having these revelations, you can still see, based on how she's speaking and acting, that she's still very lost and she has a ways to go. Yeah, she's not fully, fully there. I have to ask you this, though. Did you find it awkward or funny at all? Um <laughs> When Sam did get to see Jason and Elizabeth is trying to give her like all this information about his condition and the moment mm -hmm. she stops speaking Sam's like can I have a minute alone with him like can I be alone <laughs> oh my god I thought it was so funny like <laughs> just like and there is Elizabeth in the shadow again <laughs> but she but that's the thing she walks away all sad like you know what I mean like she looked all awkward and the thing is the whole thing it it sucks because at the end of the day like she has a kid she's concerned about it's her baby daddy true you know like she has a she's like this legitimate but the thing is she is in the shadows and you can see it she you can see it you know what I mean like Carly gets the sign you know Sam's the love of his life and and then there's Elizabeth just being like I'm gonna stay here and never come home until I know Jason's okay I'm doing it for Jake I'm doing it for Jake <laughs> okay so that being said this week with Elizabeth, mm -hmm. it was very much like old Elizabeth was like yeah. peeking out so much, you know, with her interaction with Nicholas, with exactly that, what was happening with Jason, the way she was on her, the highest horse I've ever seen with Franco. Like, mm -hmm. I just, oh my God, do you want to go there? Like her face, even in today's episode, I was like, whoa, she is making her face do some things. Um, <laughs> she was cold. Like, I'm just saying <sighs> that when it comes to that whole unveiling of, of like the portrait, I mean, at the end of the day, it's his artwork. Isn't she all about being like an artist in the art mm -hmm. pool? Does it matter? Because, you know, oh my gosh, Dustin said it. Dustin said it. He's like, forget it. You know, like talent is talent, regardless That's... of like the subject or whatever. And I mean, isn't that the reality? doesn't matter what he painted or what it was. The point is, he was unveiling a piece of art. He was unveiling his version of whatever, which I am dying to see what the painting is. Like, I am so pissed that that was a cliffhanger. I really wanted to see it. Me too. I even, like, you know when you peek your head, like, if the TV was going to move and I was going to see the portrait or something? <laughs> oh, I get it. I get it. I do that when Chase is naked in the shower. <laughs> Nothing happens. Nothing happens. Unfortunately. <laughs> Nothing to do when it's uh, when it's more fun though, but I, and that's, 
But I, what I am struggling with with Elizabeth is yes, okay, fine. Ava used this to reel people in. Has she never seen like TV and celebrities and any of these things? She's not saying that's who he is now. She's saying like, this is this guy, and and he could use it as a turning point to explain to people who he is now, but he is still that great artist. Not that he is that person, not that he is willing to commit those crimes or be that way, but like the way she was carrying on, it was just so excessive. And I would just like so many eye rolls about my eyes would get stuck. It, it was excessive because to my understanding, she just like put some stuff about Franco on a flyer, like on an invitation. Yeah. Like to my understanding, he's not going to be branded this way. He's not exactly. to go out in public, pretend to murder people again, <laughs> just to, you know, it, it was simply just the infamous Franco. Like, you know what I mean? Calling on the artist that people know is it was a way of like introducing him again. I don't think it's a big deal because I think what matters more is regardless of perception that the people in your life know who you are. And I thought Elizabeth knew who he was. So this is why I didn't really understand what the big deal is. Who cares what the rest of the world thinks it's about who he is to you. And the fact that he finally said it out loud, and I think he said it to his dad, I think she wishes my past never happened. I'm like, it took you this long to get a clue? I know, I know. It was Okay, the funniest thing of all of that, though, is when I looked around the room, there wasn't, like, extras, like, media, or, like, people we didn't recognize. It was, like, the town. So, like, what is she worried about? The town knows he's a bad guy, okay? (laughs) But everyone knows. You know what I mean? It's not like we're flashing anything that nobody knows. And this party was sparse. I thought it would be, like, a bigger event. Whatever. Probably probably Um, the COVID, though. (laughs) I know, I know. I just felt that Franco was being quite patient in all of his discussions regarding the event because Mm -hmm. I felt he could have accused her of just that, of you don't accept me. But instead, he listened as she kept accusing him of, you are embracing your past. Embracing his past because he's going to an event that Ava kind of just used certain words to describe him, really. And she wouldn't Mm -hmm. stop speaking to his intentions of what that whole night was. And that was really getting to me. Like, I felt like she was speaking to things that she couldn't truly know. And if you're feeling like you know what he's thinking and you know everything, then there's really nothing he could say. I totally agree. And what I'm struggling with with all of her judgment towards him is, you know, let's look at her and the way she's been talking about Nicholas this week. And even their scene, where do they go? To the parapet or someplace, anyways, to be alone. And you can see that she was again trying to be the, you should be like this way. I will accept you if you are this. So if you want to be the friend I used to have. So she's just like laying out all these rules like she does for Franco, but for Nicholas, but Nicholas is biting. And not only is he biting, he's like trying to reel her in at the same time. And for a moment there, they were both lost in, exactly. And, and she had to pull herself away. And that's huge. So you're judging Franco for the decisions he's making, but you were like literally in a moment and yes, you had to pull yourself away, but you're still stuck in a place as well. And Franco is not stuck. He is who he is and he has a past that is different. Yeah, that's exactly it. He accepts it. He doesn't try to pretend to be somebody he's not. And she likes mm-hmm. to pretend that she's never made a mistake and that mm-hmm. she's perfect. And this is why a lot of people get irritated with her yeah. is for yes. that specific reason. But I just wish I saw a little bit more with her and her friend Terry because I feel like I would have liked to see Terry tear into her just a little bit more because she made a point of going, isn't this a big night for Franco? And we didn't see much but of them talking. All we saw was that conversation and Elizabeth shows up at the party and the whole, like, it finally occurred to her to stand by her man, really? Like, she couldn't focus on Franco and what this meant to him. She really had to make it about Ava 
and about like everything that she could. And when Maxie was tearing into him, I thought Maxie was overall of that, to be honest. Like, we all know that that whole outburst <laughs> came from somewhere completely different. But the fact that, like, yes. Elizabeth had no problem with her tearing into her spouse, really? And then she expected him to leave? I was like, are you joking? So you oh. decide to show up. And then when you decide, like, no, I actually believe this stuff I originally thought. <laughs> I don't want to be here. <laughs> he was supposed to leave his own event because she was annoyed. You decided to take the boat uh, over, take it back alone. Yeah, all of that was so incredibly frustrating. Like, I just don't understand her point. But obviously, we know it's to increase a wedge, see what happens with Ava and Franco and how their relationship changes. I'm just, I'm kind of more okay with it now. <laughs> but honestly, I like when I was looking at Elizabeth and Nicholas, I'm like, oh, they just make more sense. Like, their worlds are more similar. It just makes more sense with people they have in common. And when I look at Ava and Franco, I just feel like they can give each other what they need. And just the way they speak to each other. Like, Ava accepts Franco for who he is. He helps her um, discuss her, you know, Kiki. Yeah. They have real, actual conversations where Elizabeth's trying to bring Nicholas back to the past. Nicholas lying and conniving. I mean, I know it's a soap opera, but he's, like, all buddied up with Spencer to, like, take down Ava. And it's just, like, they're still in the same place. They're still in high school. That is a really good observation. That's, yeah, that is very, very true about... Because I, when I think about Franco and Ava together, I just feel like it's the grown-ups. And part of me does sort of, without realizing, see two teenagers the way that I used to see Elizabeth and Nicholas. To play devil's advocate for a minute, Cheer. because Lulu, Lulu had a problem with the way Nicholas and Spencer bond. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps, yeah. <laughs> Perhaps some of the things she said were true. Who knows? But <laughs> like, for me, I was just like, but Spencer is a unique child. Like, is it possible that this is like fun for them and that's just how they relate? And this is just a fun way to to break the ice and and an easy way to kind of like get back their father-son relationship, like going back to doing <laughs> what they do best. I don't know. Yeah, okay, look, I don't think he's uh, he's older. He's not a kid. He absolutely knows what's involved in this scheme. I don't think that Nicholas is twisting his arm or that he's trying to vie for Nicholas's love or anything like that at all. I agree with you. He is who he is. He's done schemes on his own. He wants to work with his dad and this is just easy. I was just like so praying for Ava to overhear that conversation though. Oh, speaking of Ava, that whole topic, I mean, the woman feels bad. Like, she said she made yeah. a decision. Like, what is she going to do? Like, she's really taking the whole thing to heart. Yes, which I was really surprised. But I think it's that turning point that she needs. And even if she does end up leaving and Nicholas ends up winning, she's going to ultimately, like, be like Nina. Like, I love the conversation they had. And she's like, revenge isn't as sweet as, you know, you think it's going to feel. And, like, because I turned away from the darkness, which I thought was a really interesting way of using it. Um, mm -hmm. that, you know, she found love and she found happiness. And when she said the word happiness, like Ava just sparked because that's all she wants is happiness. True I happiness. Know. And I kind of, because I mean, look, everything Nina said makes sense. And for Ava to mm -hmm. let go of all of this, there is room for her to be truly happy. And I kind of wondered who would be in her happiness orbit. But in that conversation, I couldn't help but notice that what Nina was saying, like, um, and it didn't make me happy, like doing all of what she did. And I saw like Ava kind of looked up at her and I felt like it was like, <laughs> not even a little bit, not even a little bit. Exactly. <laughs> Totally. I thought I thought that was amazing. I mean, Ava was just on fire this week, I have to say. She was. 
that scene when she walked into Nicholas's room when he was in his towel. I was dying, dying. I love how she called his nakedness an outfit. Like, I also like your towel <laughs> and your naked upper body. That was, be- that was amazing. <laughs> I wanted to say you better get chest or dressed. Or <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't catch that she kind of like misspoke or could have misspoke during that scene. But the thing is, it, you're also seeing that there's a spark between them. Is there, there is. or was it more like her kind of being like, oh my God, and Nicholas enjoying her admiration? I, it's hard to tell because sometimes he looks at her in such a way, it's almost when she is talking to Franco and when her and Franco are bonding, he almost looks jealous. As he does to like jealous. pushing them. Exactly, as opposed to pushing them together. So I think there is a little part of him that if there wasn't this battle over money and his estate, that they would have some sort of weird relationship with a relationship. Nothing that Ava needs right now. I wonder if you're giving us the answer that should she walk away, that somehow they would find their way back because there wouldn't be any type of extortion. But he's so dysfunctional. He is. To be honest, at this point, like the way that they're showing the story, I would love to watch an Ava Franco affair. I would love to watch Elizabeth. <laughs> she was Nicholas. Like, I would love some of that. <laughs> You've been wanting these delicious affairs for months now. <laughs> I know. I know. Fingers crossed. <laughs> and all they gave you, I know, and all they gave you is like Alexis Neal. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a. I have the funniest um, comment. It just made me laugh. It's from Knitting the Blues this week, and it was about Lulu. Mm-hmm. So remember last week when she's like, I can't write a story about, like, Jason's accident because, like, I'm too close to it. And I'm like, you couldn't be further away from this story, but whatever. <laughs> the people involved. Because <laughs> remember, she has no problem writing about Cyrus, the man who, like, shot her mother. And yeah. so I love knitting, knitting the Blues' take on this. She says, Lulu, she repeats a lot of big girl things that she hears, hoping it makes her sound like a grown-up. She just doesn't always say them at the right times. We all know preschoolers who do that. (laughs) (laughs) That just made me laugh a ton this week. Love it. Love it. So she was running around the town, I guess, on behalf of her mom to save the hospital. Is that why? (laughs) I I don't understand it, but I like the netitude that he gave Lulu. Because I think it's important that Lulu understand you can't go around doing dumb things with your journalism ism <laughs> and, <laughs> and not think like close friends are going to be upset like you posted something that hurt ELQ and that hurt Brooklyn and then you mm-hmm. run up to, to Ned and expect what exactly and they're just like well then off the record it's like oh my goodness lady <laughs> so anyways off the record she was mm. somewhat I guess helpful like feeding him information yes um valid point here because like the rush to get the cues to bail out the hospital so mm-hmm. jail palm 216 says this is jack's not a billionaire they make it sound like they're the only ones who can help the hospital and once she said that i'm like this is true jack's is... rich no like he's super rich super rich what's the deal he likes the hospital yeah so i mean i guess all of this stuff happened really fast and it's sort yes. of like oh my god how many billionaires do i know and like lulu thought of her brother and right, so she true. went but look how nice she is when she wants money like to nicholas mm-hmm. and to ava 
<laughs> I know it was so funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, because then um, she's all attitude when she returns for the actual event. <laughs> I'm just like, seriously? I know. And poor Ava's like, you see, your sister's coming around. <laughs> It's like, no, she likes money. <laughs> money. Oh, God. Anyway, so this is kind of crazy that Cyrus, like, I don't think there's ever been a villain to own the hospital like that. Like, like he's the chairman, man. Yeah, like, the biggest thing was when Obrecht got a job at the hospital or bought her way in. That was scandalous. But Cyrus? It's for I, drugs. I, <laughs> like it's, like it's thank you for, for clarifying that. I was still <laughs> on the fence about that. I thought he's a good guy. I really believe Jordan. I was just... well, well, Lucy's the only <laughs> one in town. Well, that and all the board members who seem to not care. Mm. They're just like, we like money. You said what now? I can't hear you over all your money. Like, they didn't <laughs> care at all. But Lucy, like, really? I was really surprised, especially when she um, sat with him to get money for the nurse's ball, like when they're at the yes. bar. Yeah. It really, because I didn't know if she was acting just to get the money or she really did believe the things she was saying. Like, yeah, I was really caught off guard that she had no idea who this person was. She really believed what he was saying. And then I was like, what is this all about? But then as soon as I found out she was the tie-breaking vote, which is such a funny detail to have about your character after this many years. Right? Like the fact that it was something that Alan gave to her. And the, and the point is it comes up every, you know, couple of years. And I think it's a really, really cool historic thing there that Lucy comes in as a tiebreaker. But it freaked me out because I realized she had that conversation with Cyrus she feels like that's already covered. And I was worried because I'm like, because when she kept saying, I want to talk to Valentina in private, I was just thinking, seriously, deception is the big thing here. Because I thought he already gave her the money. Like, I didn't think he would pull out of his investment if she didn't vote with him. So I was actually confused about Lucy feeling compelled to vote with Valentine. I know. I kind of struggled with that, too. It wasn't super convincing, but I can see why she was afraid yeah. of him pulling out. So what makes me a little bit nervous is that Lucy referred to herself as the town pariah. And now we know that Cyrus is also the town pariah. And we know how they like to gather at times. So my concern is that, you know, she's sitting at a bar. He's sitting at a bar because he likes to go to the Metro Court. And they bond a little bit. I'm not saying anything major happens. But the fact that those characters, you know, we've seen them come together for the nurses ball. And that's happening. They're saying tomorrow. We don't know when tomorrow is. But apparently no. the nurse's ball is happening tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I was really taken aback by that. I'm like, that's sort of a big deal that the nurse's ball is happening tomorrow. I know. <laughs> that was quick. I like that because I didn't know what Jax wanted. I thought Jax was going to be like, I'll help you with deception. I was like, it's a little late, Jax, to step in in this whole situation. But I thought it was interesting <laughs> that he took the time to warn Lucy that, like, He's actually dangerous. He kind of tried to murder my child. <laughs> like, and he had to explain all of this stuff to her. It's not I like she doesn't know mob things. Like, she knows where she lives. She wrote a whole book about it. And he referred to the book. So that's why I, I found know. it very odd that she didn't know who he was. Because he's damn, he's for sure doing his research. And she yeah. did her research for her book. So how come she doesn't know the new guy in town? <laughs> because he came after her book. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? She's up to snuff with okay, yes. Trials. She knows she's all up in everybody's <laughs> <following>. business. <laughs> that is true. That is true. But yeah, I like that out of all the people, Jax took the time to explain to her as opposed to just um, giving her crap, you know? Yeah. And I have to admit, like, Valentin can be really, like, he annoyed me when it came to Nina, but I am loving him without her. Like, I, like, when he walked into the quarter mains, I will, it was super enjoyable. 
like, I'm really liking it. Like, it's, I don't know what it is, but it's sort of like poor Charles as a whole. You know what I mean? It's designed mm-hmm. so that the mobsters are good guys and cops. We're not really rooting for them. And in this situation, I think you would expect to root for the Quartermains, and Valentine is obviously meant to be the bad guy. But to be honest, like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, look at the situation. Valentine is being logical. He seems to be really putting the company first. And then you see Ned sort of tearing his family apart over the business. Exactly. And there's just something about, like, Valentine's confidence right now that he's not relying on his name. He's relying on his smarts and his strategy. Yes! And he, he's, he's fixed on a specific goal, which I love because before it used to be, like, Nina's love it was his goal and it was just ridiculous and it made him look very small and now but he's I, shining but I thought it was funny because he grabbed Lucy to mm-hmm. go kind of help him make I don't know if he thought that would make Nina jealous or that she'd want him more that he was a CEO but that's the Valentine I don't like because he kind of always like the only time he ever looks weak is usually next to Jack's that's so true. I kind of thought in the back of my head that he would make Lucy fake date him. That's what I thought. I thought he was going to have Lucy go over there to like cozy up too, to kind mm-hmm. of, you know, one up Nina and Jax. But instead it was like, we have this business stuff happening. <laughs> We're doing so much business, you guys. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Oh, man. That was, that was... super funny. That was really funny. Okay, so that being funny and the opposite of being like super not funny is Ned. <laughs> yeah, he was pretty harsh with Brooklyn. Like, how exactly does this all fall on her? She's absolutely not the only quarter main who got rid of her shares. And let's not forget, Valentin used an intermediary. And he obviously, because mm-hmm. look, right away with Sam, they're like, Sam would never do this. He has something on her. Well, that's what he did to everybody. <laughs> he found out something that he <laughs> wanted and helped them get it. And no one thinks that they're doing any harm because they feel like they're the only ones doing this. Exactly. But Olivia really, um, she shined this week. Like she's very, she's staying true to herself and she went to help Brooklyn. And the thing she's saying to Ned is so dead on. And it's still, he still doesn't get it. Like it's just pushing her further away. And the fact that he can't understand what's going on is beyond me. You know, when these scenes come on to Olivia and Ned, I'm like half in there, half not. But she was yeah. on fire. Like, I'm loving <laughs> her putting him in his place because I don't know if we've ever had somebody come into the Quartermain life and sort of give that real life perspective of what's truly important. You know, I know Lila had her way with people, but mm-hmm. like Olivia, it's different. She's kind of like that real person that's coming into the Quartermain being like, why are you worried about these stupid things? And why are you tossing your daughter out over all of this? It's not just on her. So I really like her attitude and her perspective that she's bringing to Ned. And honestly, he's doing a really terrible job at kind of reading the room. And it's particularly in his marriage. And he's really doing things to push Olivia further and further away. It's it's really interesting, though, because, like, you look at him and then you look at, like, Michael and Willow coming down the stairs. And he's like, oh, my gosh, this happened. And he's like, oh, that's okay. I have my family. Yeah. I'm good. That's <laughs> like, true. Because when I saw that, I thought it was so funny. And like, they're the only happy family in the Quartermain house. But you're <laughs> yeah. right. It was like, that didn't seem to bother him because he kind of had everything that he wanted. And uh, honestly, okay, so someone said this, and I'll tell you why I didn't even think about this and what was distracting me. So about Michael and Willow's happiness in that scene. So Jules Baresh said this, I think they're going to be off on a romantic dinner trip 
while Nell is stealing Wiley. Okay, so I think so too. Like immediately when he asked her to go on a boat ride, like away from the house, and like, yeah, the kid's getting kidnapped, no doubt, because they're all like all happy and like said a million times how they're like the three of us together. But the thing is, and maybe you'll think I'm nuts. <laughs> okay. I think that, okay, so I think that Nell will indeed kidnap him. But between her hearing Nina's voice in her head, um, the judge giving her a speech, Carly speaking to her very frankly but calmly, it almost looks like these things are all coming together to affect her. And maybe, maybe we're on the cusp of a turn where she does kidnap him, let's say, for a day and realizes that she is not the mother that she thinks she is and either returns him anonymously or, I don't know, like, finds a way to bring him back without her being a terrible person, but for this to be the turning point. And once that turning point happens, that's when Nina's going to find out that that's her daughter. I'm not going to say no. I'm going to say I have to see it to believe it. Because it's really hard, after the Nell I saw this week, to think otherwise. To think that she'll suddenly put Wiley first. Like, I don't think so. Like, I agree more with Willow's glimpse into Nell when she said that look in her eye is the same she had when she busted in the apartment and was going to take Riley no matter what. And I do agree with I, that too. And, and I hope that she thinks about that really seriously, that that can happen again. Clearly not because she brushed, <laughs> she brushed it off because honestly, I, I was just so caught up in their life, Michael and Willow. Cause I was watching mm-hmm. it with Johnny. I'm like, can you imagine we put our kids to bed and then we like hopped on a boat to go to like a restaurant <laughs> on the water. I'm like, could you imagine how happy we would be as people if we live that life? So because I was there, I didn't really think about Nell kidnapping him. Because oh I'm just God. like, aren't there people everywhere? Like, when is Wiley alone? Like, watch him. Like, you aren't grounds. Don't you have security? Don't you have cameras? Don't you have a nanny that stays outside of his door? They should. (laughs) They should have a nanny that stays outside of his door, given all of, like, she's tried to kidnap him before, and she's crazy. I agree, but Michael's very, like, go with the flow, and obviously they're not doing anything. Like, it's so freaking bizarre. Okay, so what did you think about all of the whole custody stuff? Because Nell was grasping at straws, and I mean, I guess for me, when I saw that, I think it's funny. Like, she's losing it. She wants to fire Martin. And I feel like Martin really had her, even though she tried to, like, scare him, be like, I'm not going to pay you. I felt like he's like, don't mess with me kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And I did wonder if Martin, just to screw her over, would have been like, hey, uh, my client made such a comment. I'm afraid she may kidnap the child. Like, I was actually wondering if Martin would have done something like that. Mm -hmm. But I guess part of me was also... While I enjoyed it, I was freaking out because watching her do all those things, I could see her unraveling. And that only means one thing, you know, you got to hit bottom to kind of start over. And as, and I think, I guess, to some degree, she'll have to come to a point that Nina can tolerate her if they're to have any type of relationship. Mm -hmm. She's going to have to change a bit. But part of me just feels like, does every character have to be redeemable? Because Nell is an excellent villain. Yes. And part of me is like, I don't want to see her change. Here's the thing. I think she's kind of like that middle ground, like maybe like an Obrick or maybe like just where she can still do the evil things, but she's still kind of accepted. She still can kind of play a role in Wiley's life. She can still maneuver it around Port Port Charles, but with a little underlying evil. I think Obrecht is different, though. Like, I can't see... Because the thing is, Obrecht is funny. I mean, so is Nell. Mm -hmm. Like, I have to admit, so is Nell. But I feel like Obrecht... It's just like on another level of villainy. 
Mm-hmm. And Nell, like, that's what was so special about her. She was just in a category all her own, I find. And I guess what I hope is possibly she's likable enough, like I said, for Nina to tolerate her. Yes. Um, I hope she could be decent to Wiley at some point in time in the far future. But I guess I still want her to be bad enough that only a few can really like her, basically. Oh, yeah, I'm cool with that. I like that. I can work with okay. that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Can't have everybody being good. We can't have that. No, I agree. I agree. Do you know Do you know what I liked? And there was a detail that wasn't forgotten. I liked mm-hmm. that when they went to go visit Mike after winning custody, Michael made a point of telling Mike that you, um, that you always knew that Wiley was mine. Yes, I even made note of that because I even, like, I remember that scene and I don't remember a lot of things, as you know, but I do remember because I had goosebumps that day. I'm like, oh my God, you had said it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, Mike's going to break this, crack it wide open. And uh, yeah, I like that they closed that circle, especially with, you know, what we know is going to happen with Mike next. And they got to, like, at least tell him and and let him know that they're happy and they got Wiley. Yes. And I have to just. I have to reiterate that the ruling was super satisfying hearing everything the judge had to say. It was just so amazing um, to have all that truth slapped in her face. Oh, I did have this to say about the court. I just remembered mm-hmm. this. Okay. So when Nell sits there, she hears like Nina's voice and she looks over at Michael. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I have a really far fetched thought. Do you mm-hmm. think there's a universe in which down the line Nell gets it and Wiley has his parents back together? Just because of the look. I know I said I don't want her to redeem herself, but I just thought she's looking over at Michael and hearing the words that Nina had said to her. Ooh. Okay, so I do not believe they will get together at any point in time. But I think it's maybe her thinking about the things that she did try to kill Michael. Like, you know, yes. I'm hoping she does she feel did. a little guilt and that she wants to be a better person for her son. So I think it will be more so not being with him, but having the actual love that she wanted to have by him, but with somebody else. Hopefully somebody else. <laughs> Don't know who. Julie is an idiot for thinking that that was it. Well, the trial's over. So are we. Um, oh, but we'll get to I him. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to go back to Mike's room for a bit and ask you this. Did you notice, so like, did you notice at the end of the scene, Mike kind of looks up at, at Sonny and Carly for a sec and kind of gives a weird look? No. Okay, so, means. Th- so this is what I'm thinking. So I noticed that, like, you know, they're visiting Mike. Mike kind of looks up and he looks a little confused and he's looking over at, at Carly and Sonny. And I just thought that was really interesting because it comes right after Michael points out that Mike saw something no one else did. Oh, my God. I got goosebumps when you said that. <laughs> so I wonder, I wonder if he sees something, a rift or something bad happening to them as a couple. On point, my friends. On point. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So back to Julian for a second. So let's go to the Metro Court where Ava and Nell and Julian are having quite the fun uh, conversation. Such a cute fam. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I loved. Okay. I loved everything. I loved. I like their double speak. Basically being all nice while truly just threatening and hating one another. But I loved when, like, uh, she asked Nell, like, what drew you to Julian? Or how did you guys get together? And she starts <laughs> saying, like, something about, like, hot dads. And then yeah. <laughs> says more, like, good-looking grampy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <I can't. laughs> this is so funny. 
funny. This is so funny. And even more, I loved her princess comment when she called herself a princess, a real princess. I know. Ava was, I mean, she is like the ultimate for me. You know this. But in that scene, I was dying. I was dying. Like, she's so happy to be a princess. Like, how can Nicholas do this to her? (laughs) I know. You're right. Because it's making him look like more of the villain right now. So one more thing is when Ava kind of asks Julian, why haven't you killed her yet? Not I that know. I know if Julian is capable of successfully doing that, <laughs> but that has to become an option. Like, she's not going to let him go. No. So I, that's exactly what I was thinking about. But, like, Julian blunders every single thing he does. Like, I just... I know. Because, look, at this point, we know that she wants to kidnap Wiley. So how far is Julian willing to go in all of this? Like, the only thing I could think that she would demand of Julian mm-hmm. is to assist her in this kidnapping. And it's like, is Julian really willing to do this? And I love how, like, no one gives a crap about Lucas and all this. Like, everyone has moved on with their lives. Everyone's like, Wiley is super happy in a stable home. And no one cares that no one has not seen Lucas since all of this went down. (laughs) Whatevs. My gosh, those would have been some incredible scenes. Lucas trying to live his life without Wiley or even seeing him during the custody. He's just cut out of all of this. Yeah, he was just totally cut out of this whole story. Okay, so about Ava really fast. I loved Mm -hmm. when she tracked Nicholas down at the hospital and mentioned that she had, like, you turned off your GPS. (laughs) She had a GPS on him. It's just her little lines all week. She's had such awesome, awesome lines. Oh my Ugh. gosh, yes. It was so, so funny. So one thing I did remember, and I forgot to mention, we were talking about it earlier, is that scene in the room with Willow and Wiley and Michael. And I feel like it's a mouthful to always say like Willow and Wiley. <laughs> yeah, But it is. When, they were, when they were talking and Willow kind of like looked a little lost in space, Michael jumped in and kind of assumed that she was missing Chase. And Willow didn't confirm that that was the case. And then he continued talking and said, I miss Sasha too sometimes. And and that's okay. We just need to be honest with each other. She looked a little, I felt anyways by her expression that she looked a little kind of sad that he Hmm. was missing Sasha. Like she wanted his attention. Like they just spoke about how much of a wonderful family that they are. And she looked a little like thrown off a touch. Well, remember she wasn't thrilled when he brought Sasha and her bloody nose to the hospital. That's true. (laughs) She could have been a little sad. I mean, look, Willow, I think people think she's all soft and all nice, but this girl seems to know what she wants, and she can set boundaries like nobody's business, I find. Anyway, I just think it was really interesting for... Because, look, this is probably the first time I've ever heard Michael say that he misses Sasha, like, that he even dated her. Like, this is the first time he's made mention of it. (laughs) And even Willow, she's like... You know, I might miss Chase or whatever, but, like, I'm even more happy that I married you. And I was like, whoa, like, you are committed. Meanwhile, you have, like, Chase at the bar, and he's just whispering out loud, (laughs) I love you, Willow. so funny. I I actually laughed out loud. I was like, what is happening right now? I don't think she heard. Johnny was working, and he looks over. He's like, what is he doing? (laughs) (laughs) And the funny thing is, like, we should be used to soap opera actors just, like, talking to nothing. But, like, it still threw me off. I was like, this is weird. (laughs) It did throw me off, but... Honestly, when it comes to Sasha and the drugs, I'm like, first of all, does she think these are all drug fairies that keep giving her free drugs? Like, she's like, oh, everybody is so friendly. But more than that, all that's happening when Sasha is, like, dealing with all the drug stuff, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking this. Drugs, drugs, drugs. Which are good. (laughs) Which are bad. Like, that's all that's happening in my head. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my god, now it's gonna be happening in mine. <laughs> so that's all I got on her drugs. It sucks. It sucks that she's doing more drugs, and it sucks that Chase is a cop and doesn't notice. Uh, you know, and yeah, like I'm sorry. I honestly, that whole bar scene thing. I thought the way it was gonna go down was that Brooklyn and Chase would hook up that night. Mm, yes, maybe. There's still time. <laughs> but it took a turn for the drugs. I'm like, okay, so I think, you know, the theory we had, and I, honestly, sometimes you and me, our brains meld together, so I'm not sure which one said what, but that, you know, she would end up having a drug overdose or he would finally notice that she's having a problem and that's what would bond them together. But I think it's going to happen a lot sooner yeah. than later. I think you're right because you had mentioned that. That was your idea. Oh, that was me. Okay. I'm awesome. Okay. (laughs) All you. All you. But yeah, like it definitely looks like Brooklyn and Chase would hook up. But honestly, I think it would tear Sasha apart a bit. Just out of like sheer loneliness, I think. (laughs) I don't like Chase. I'm just lonely. (laughs) (laughs) But really, you know what I mean? She's like in an unstable place. And then if he has this thing with Brooklyn, it's like, where does she go? I can definitely see that. But I certainly like the whole trio. Like when Brooklyn walked in and was like, is this where the losers hang? Make room. (laughs) Like I like it when people mingle like that. And it would have been fun to have them sort of commiserate and hang out. But man, Sasha's incredible. She texted Olivia. And I'm just thinking if you could text Olivia to come help out Brooklyn, then you totally could have texted her to find out the verdict. Because, like, you uh, wanted to know the verdict. Yeah. Like, how can we find out? Can we call the court? <laughs> That's not like, so funny. You could have texted Carly, like I'm saying. Like, she she actually tracked you down. I love how she's, like, a friend. Like, Spinelli stalked you guys. And no. uh, I sorted. No, I can't. <laughs> I got that. <laughs> I was going to let it slide and pretend I didn't hear it. <laughs> I couldn't let it slide because they felt it. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, Carly goes and thanks them. I think, I feel like that kind of might have taken Sasha, like, down on her high. Like, it might have, <laughs> it might have ruined her high. It might have, but at the same time, I think it just brought her back to reality as opposed to, like, yeah. whatever world she was living in. But I am really happy that Carly found them and, like, let them know and, like, gave them some peace for what they did. Like, I thought that was yeah. really significant for the both of them. Yeah, I just... I'm wondering if that's going to stay a secret forever. No. (laughs) No, okay. (laughs) That's what I thought. And I just liked Olivia supporting Brooklyn. Oh, me too. I thought it was really, really impactful. Especially, like like you said, you know, they're all putting their money where their mouth is. Olivia did that. Family support and she went after family. Yes, yes, exactly. I'm like, what about everyone's mouth? I don't know. <laughs> but I, it takes me back because during all of those like old episodes, I don't even know if this was an episode that aired or episodes that I kind of like looked up. But it just mm-hmm. it, that scene reminded me of like back in the day when Brooklyn first came to town. She was very close with Olivia, and Olivia brought her over to Dante's and Lulu's to help cook them a dinner. Yes, I saw that. It was on TV. Oh, it was on TV. Okay, so yeah. that's where it took me, that they had a relationship. You know what I mean? That in a sense, Brooklyn and Olivia were kind of family before all this stuff happened. You know what I think super interesting is that Brooklyn asked her, like, oh, do you hate me? She's like, I hated you once. And the only thing, the only reason I could see that Olivia was ever mad at her was for what she did to Dante. Yes. Okay. But the thing is, we also know Dante's on his way back. And mm. it's like, you know what I mean? Like, Olivia, I think, feels pushed out from Lulu's life. But if Brooklyn mm-hmm. is in her orbit, almost like a daughter, daughter-in-law, 
stepdaughter close yeah. feels like family you know what I mean and then Dante comes back will Olivia be so upset at this thought of them together no I think she'd be okay with it and then they could cook right? food together <laughs> right because again she feels pushed out from Lulu's life and if Brooklyn really invites her into hers and she gets to play the role that she wants to play and gets to be involved in the way she wants to be involved the way she used to be Yes. Oh my gosh, that's so true. Yeah, I don't think she'd have a problem with it at all. Yeah, that's going to be really interesting. Wonder if she'll like run out of metro court rooms and be like, "Well, Brooklyn has a room. <laughs> you're all your family. <laughs> all good. One bed. There's your step siblings. Just <laughs> oh, no. figure it out. <laughs> okay. So talking about Brooklyn, yeah. what did you think of Dustin looking at his phone, seeing her name, and hanging up? And he looks really annoyed. I guess he was annoyed. <laughs> because I don't I know. know. He doesn't. He doesn't really like. Every time he's been with her, he's always defended her and was kind to yeah. her. And I just thought it was such like a a huge reaction for something so small. Because the assumption is they're in the nurses' ball together. Right. No. I which don't is know tomorrow. Why he reacted the way. Did he look mad? I found he looked annoyed. I'm gonna have to go back and check because I know he hung up the call and I'm like whatever he's like at a special event they did sort of make a thing about this being a big date night for Lulu and Dustin that's true that's true I don't know maybe he's still like Caesar as drama like I don't know I feel like when it comes to Brooklyn Dustin like he's he's sort of clinging a little bit to their past their past dynamic and from what I understand, he didn't exactly have the upper hand back in the day. <gasps> and maybe this sort of makes him feel like he does. Like, he's, I still feel like he's getting, not getting back at her, but uh-huh. really just trying to get his power back when it comes to her. Well, his power is going to be crushed when she's going to be with Dante, and then he's actually going to be jealous. Oh. oh, wait a second. Or what if Dante comes back and creates a wedge for Lulu and Dustin and then Dustin goes for Brooklyn and Lulu's all like, no, I think I want my life with Dustin now. <gasps> it's so dramatic. messy and I like it. Like, I love it. There's so many wedges. <laughs> Between... <laughs> you get a wedge and you get a wedge. You get a wedge. <laughs> Between Matt and Olivia, all of the Elizabeth... Ava stuff, <laughs> Jason and Sam, mm-hmm. and then like Lulu and the the Dustin. It's gonna be amazing. <laughs> I'm so happy. Like I couldn't be happier right now. <laughs> Life's great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can I ask you? Can I ask? Can no. I ask you? Okay, what did you think when Curtis was all telling Jordan what she should do next in her job? I love her. I don't give an F face. <laughs> what? She just didn't. I, I can't swear. So I mean, <laughs> I was like, she didn't give an F. Like she was just like, oh yeah, I, I have to... that she didn't give enough face. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? Do you feel like she just had like a flat affect? Like, what did you? <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> what the actual F? Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Not her face. I get it now. Um, no. That was it. Like, what did you think? He was all like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We got to tell Mac. And I was like, you are bothering me. Bothering me so much. And Jordan too. And she's just like, this is my job. Like, I just loved how blunt she was, how confident she was. And he just, again, gets put put in this little box, which aggravates him and frustrates him and led him to find whatever he did on Cyrus, which I think is half-assed. <laughs> yeah. We'll I, get I there. Just, 
Exactly. I just, I really enjoyed the way Jordan handled herself and spoke to him. I love how she said something because he was calling her on her lies. And I love how Mm -hmm. she called him on his meeting with Sunny. She's like, were you talking about coffee? Were you talking (laughs) about all the beans? I loved it. She's amazing. (laughs) Because again, I just feel like Ned and Olivia, they're coming to life lately. And I feel like everything with Jordan and Curtis, like she is very much coming to life, like in their scenes. And yeah, like I was angry for her. Like part of me was like, can we ship Curtis and TJ off to an island so she can handle her business? Because isn't that what the men do when they need to handle something? They ship everybody off. And I honestly feel like maybe Curtis needs to be put on an island until this is over because I don't feel like he's helping. That's very true. I would like for that to happen, please. Because it's a lot. Like, it, like it, look, he's struggling to feel important. And he's struggling to be a part of everything. And he's just not. You know, his wife is mm-hmm. in a powerful position dealing with powerful men. And everyone like they want to deal with Jordan they don't want to deal with Curtis directly he tried to have a meeting with Sonny and Mm -hmm. and Jason and they weren't having it and he he knows how dangerous the whole situation is they kidnapped your nephew they killed all your wife's colleagues but you think that you're gonna go to his face and threaten him and I just have to say this sunshine.jan said I worry about Curtis Renault is vicious and this is something that Curtis knows and I'm just saying like if you have an address of a person you think is significant mm-hmm. why did you tell him like you understand that you have zero reach you basically said I have this information Renault has reach he killed people from jail you tell mm-hmm. him you have an address he's gonna have that person moved in two seconds by the time you find that address again and run back and tell him he'll have that person moved again you should have done something with that information useful like you could have kidnapped that person you could have told Sonny and Jason like he took Jason out I mean he didn't succeed yes but I'm just saying like it was like watching a little boy playing when he was talking to Curtis because at the end of the day he was in there trying to protect his wife but what's really funny is is, is even Cyrus is like I need to talk to Jordan just like Sonny was like I need to talk to Jordan and not you yeah and he's going to continue to stomp his feet until he gets really friggin' hurt logically he made things worse for Jordan like even yeah. everybody can concede even Sonny can concede that Cyrus has a lot of power and he has no code and that is what makes him dangerous And so to think that what you did solved the problem, even he knew that the only way to solve the problem was killing Cyrus. That is what he was going to Sunny for. So why would you think this would do the trick and not make things more complicated for Jordan? Not to mention the stupidity he tried to do with TJ. You didn't have to add any more detail. TJ told you he talked to Jordan. Then he's like, oh yeah, she did it because of this, this, and this. It's like you're just making everything worse. Yeah, and I'm still trying to figure out what the purpose like what the point is like he's being very naive with Cyrus he's acting like he's trying to protect Jordan but like you said obviously he keeps just making things worse like are we gonna have one of these scenarios I what did Cyrus do he like pumped them full of drugs all of Jordan's colleagues they all died different ways yes but I, yes I think there was drugs involved actually yeah because let's say they were kill off Curtis like he was an addict he did use drugs they can just kind of like push him in this direction Jordan distances herself from him. He goes down this path. He could also be one of those victims of actual drug use, but then dies of, you know, being murdered. But that's the thing with with Curtis. It's like, he should know that these are all things that could happen. Mm -hmm. He is in the know. 
Like he is in the know. He does understand the danger of the situation, but he wants more. He wants to be in even more. He basically, what he wants is the power to do something. But even Jordan doesn't have the power to do something. But that's the thing. I just think he's struggling to be more significant and more involved. And he's just not. And that's really frustrating him. And it's leading him to do really stupid things. What was so like amazing to me was when he said, you're lying to me. You're holding things back. And then Jordan had that flashback. I'm mm-hmm. like, that's Taggart. Oh, yes. It has to be. Yes. Oh, my God. I, I was so excited when they showed that flashback. I'm like, he's going to be back. He's going to be back. Just keep waiting. I think so. Mm-hmm. I think so. So, um, okay, there's one last thing, actually, that I wanted to bring up. Mm-hmm. So we talked about this. So, like, Finn and his dad are estranged. And the reason why just seems super bizarre. And Anna today called him out on this, saying, you know, you're saying that you're... She basically feels like that can't be the only thing between you, that your dad remarried within a year of your mother's death. Mm-hmm. And when Finn was talking... He said, you know, like, I'd invite my dad, but I don't want his, his wife there. And he made a point of mentioning the wife a few times. Mm-hmm. What do you think And I'm means? wondering, I have no idea. <laughs> but it's like, I feel like the drama has to have something to do between Finn and the wife. Like, it has to be more. Like, all I'm just saying is there, there has to be something more than what Finn is saying. And I hope that that's what they're alluding to. And I hope we're going to find out the real drama within that family. I agree. It would make it far more interesting than this yeah. weird, like, he remarried situation. But I agree. Like, he made mention to her a few times, doesn't want them involved in Violet's life. Like, are they who they really say they are? Are we going to get to know Finn a little bit better? Like, I am super curious. Because there was this theory a while back that, like, mm-hmm. Chase was his son, not his brother. What? By his yeah. stepmother. Okay, we don't know, but. So that would mean, who did he have this, who did he have Chase with? The stepmother. Right? That's creepy. So what Soups. happened? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> no, I felt like you were like really like expecting an answer. <laughs> I was. I truly was expecting an answer. Like, I kind of forgot we were recording the podcast for a second. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So I would ask you what your favorite part of the week was, but I want to start with myself just in case you take it. <laughs> so- <laughs> You shit. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so my favorite line of the week was after the whole custody thing, and Julian says, I'm going to head home, which is also, thankfully, a bar. Oh, my God. Excellent line. I laughed out loud. I thought it was so good because it was, like, not even in his full voice. It was, like, almost going into a whisper, like a fade-out voice. It was perfect. Right. Dead was on, man. I loved it. That was my favorite. Okay, there was so much good stuff. You know how much I love Ava. She gets my gold star, my thumbs up, my gold thumb, everything. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like, she killed it for me. And there were so many great lines. But this one, for some reason, just sticks out the most when, I think it was when Valentin was at the quarter mains. And he's like, I was transparent. So transparent, I was invisible. (laughs) I know. I love that one. That was so good. Like I said, he's so on fire when he's basically not with Nina. It's incredible. I love him. All right. Well, I guess, my friend, that's a wrap for this week. Bye, everybody. Have a great weekend. Bye.